Hello, I'm Dan Alford, and you're listening to Dan's Cadre of Experts. We're on location for our podcast this week in the hill country of Texas near Barksdale. This is the FTW Ranch owned by Tim Fallon. Tim is a serial entrepreneur. He's the president of the Dallas Safari Club. He's a big game hunter, hunts all over the world. And he owns this large ranch, which is used for safari hunting training, as well as for military training. We're doing a couple of podcasts with Tim. I think you're going to enjoy this. Got a special guest on today, an old friend who's too big for one episode. I have Tim Fallon. So we're going to have you on two episodes, but this is how we're going to start it off. Okay. Now, Tim is an interesting fellow. <laughs> Give us your history, because this is not, you're currently running this safari training facility, mm. FTW. Yep, the Sam Hunter program, yep. But that's, training. That's not, this is not your first job. No, no, it's not my first job. I'm actually uh, pretty diverse, like a lot of your guests. Indeed. Uh, yeah, age 17, joined the service back at the tail end of Vietnam, and um, Jimmy Carter got elected, and I decided not to re-up, and, uh, which some friends of mine were going in when I was coming out, so the timing was good. I, I made the right decision. Um, from there, went to work for International Harvester offshore on oil platforms, oil and gas industry. Another connection we have. Yep, um, I was in the the International Harvester at that time was Solar S O L A R. They made huge, small, and large gas turbines. So yep. they ran everything from electrical generators to gas pumps, etc. A few years at that, and then um, went to work for a family business. Um, I was family, but didn't own any of it in the brewing industry. So from oil and gas, from military to oil and gas to, to brewing industry, and that eventually evolved a few years later into the what they call the sin industry, which was still part of the brewing industry making neon signs. And they call it the sin industry because it's alcohol, tobacco, et cetera. So I see. That was, yeah. And um, yeah, I did that for a lot of years. Sold that business in 2000. Bought the ranch in 96, sold the business in 2000, finally moved out here full-time in 2004, and we started the SAM program in 2005. Back up on the, on the ballast, isn't there a backstory on the, on the, didn't you get creative on how ballast worked? Well, how neon signs were constructed, yes. Yeah. Come on, I, I, come on. We got, we got a technical <laughs> content to this. <laughs> well, we got, we got into, I mean, the neon, the neon business is the neon business. Um, we specialized in high volume runs of signs, and they had to be able to go in a box and be shipped. So that was our niche. It wasn't the big billboards and things like that. But there was lots of ways the neon business was quite antiquated, and we modernized it with annealing techniques and pumping techniques and you know trying to make the glass the inside of the tube as pure as possible and different gas mixtures and so forth and then the construction of the neon sign in the old days they used to be all on metal frames skeleton what they called skeleton frames we incorporated a lot of high-tech plastics with that and gave the sign some more pizzazz and some more protection and just different variations and that funded your hobby which is that was yes which is hunting hunting Yep. So we're, we're here in, in the, uh, what do you call this, the, the Lodge headquarters? Yep, this is Lodge. Okay, so we're near Barksdale, Texas. Yep. At the uh, FTW. That started out as Fallon, Fallon Trophy Whitetail. Whitetail, or Fallon Training Worldwide. Which one was it? Well, originally it was Whitetail. Whitetail, okay, and so uh, that was the original business yeah, model. That was the original Didn't business model. Didn't work out model. for you, or what? It, well, yeah, it's worked out okay. <laughs> <laughs> And then uh, what, what got me into the, the hunter training side of it, I'd been hunting for years um, globally, 
1999, I went to Zimbabwe for the first time and arrived in camp with a guy who went on an elephant hunt with a brand new double gun and had never fired it. This is an expensive weapon, right? This is, yep, about a $20,000 Kriegoff double gun. But it can't shoot itself. He's never fired it Oops. on an elephant hunt, and it didn't go well. Huh. And it, it really struck me hard. I thought, you know, there's no hunter training program. I mean, nope. I was fortunate. Prior military, I had a dad that hunted, and so I grew up hunting. But it uh, didn't mean I never missed, because I've missed plenty of times. But I thought, you know, there's got to be a place to go get some hunter training. And there was a couple facilities, but it was more of, you know, borrow their gun, shoot a thousand yards. Well, that's not hunter training. So fortunately, I moved out here, uh, took me four years to get out here full time. And we launched the program off the next year. I knew I needed to live here. You know, I'd owned it for nine years by that time. I needed to be here to get this program off the ground. And fortunately met a dear friend of mine by the name of Chip Beeman, who had just retired out of the SEAL teams with Doug Pritchard, who's- Who's still with you. Who's still our lead instructor, yes sir. Mm -hmm. Who's our oldest instructor, physically and, and mentally. <laughs> <laughs> I can say that about Doug. Dog is dog, his, dog yeah, is his dog. nickname. And the reason he's called Dog, he spent so much, so many years in the Philippines, and they have trouble saying vowels, so everything came out duk. So we call him Dog. <laughs> Seems appropriate. I know him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Hey, we got to back up. Okay. okay. Explain FTW. How many acres you got under fence here? Today it's twelve thousand, but we've made yeah. four acquisitions to get it there. The first acquisition was roughly five thousand ish. How many square bought. miles is that? It's a lot. Yeah, it's um, a bunch. Yeah. Six hundred and forty square acres or yeah. acres in a square mile. Twenty? That's twenty four ish, twenty yeah. Congratulations. Thank it's you. larger than some states. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's it's we call it a mess and it is. It's a rugged country. I mean, we're kinda of doing the perfect thing for this terrain. Um and so, so you got you got the ranch, you got it high fenced all the way around. It took nine years to high fence it. So from ninety six through about two thousand four we did nothing but Put in 32 miles of perimeter fence, and then um, started stocking it with the species that we were looking for. And we here on the ranch we focus on endangered or extinct animals where they're from where they're indigenous. Whoa, from. hang on! Extinct animals are living here on the ranch. Yeah, well, extinct <laughs> where they're indigenous from. Right. So, so I, I can think of Pear David as an example. As what an else example. is it? Well, we don't have any of those. But the other caveat we have is they have to do well in these rugged mountains. And as you know, this ranch is nothing but rugged, rocky mountains. Steep. Steep. So the goats and the sheep species, some selected deer species, we do have one antelope species, which is black goat. And those are out of India. Those are out of India and southern Pakistan as well. But mm -hmm. um, there, there's some variations to it. For instance, fallow deer used to be extremely endangered after World War II. I didn't realize that. And, but now they've, we have them here, but you know, as they're from original state, they were at one time considered to be very endangered. But they're back with a vengeance, thank God, for Texas, and they re-imported them back into Europe and so forth. So, so you're breeding and raising mm -hmm. extinct and yep. endangered, and endangered critters, species yep. right like here in the, Texas. We have the largest herd of the Western Caucasian turf from Azerbaijan. Of course, we can't go hunt there anymore. Um, the Turkoman Markhor, uh, the Nubian Ibex from Africa, uh, the Transcaspian Ural, again from Azerbaijan, um, you know, southern Russia, which is pretty much a wreck right now, as you well know. Yeah, indeed. So, yeah, we focus on kind of paying it forward, you know, focusing on the animals that do well in the rugged mountains and they're, they're no longer huntable where they're indigenous from. Interesting. So, All right, it, so, it is. so now you've got, you got the 24 acres, you got the perimeter fence, you got it full of these 
exotic animals. Mm -hmm. And then uh, we're gonna do a photo tour before we're done, but you've created quite a facility here. I mean, this is just the- uh, The lodge, right? The lodge, okay. Right. right. It's, yeah, I mean, Dan, it's, it's, I'd like to say there was, I sat down and this was a master plan and that's a bunch of crap. That's, you know, it evolved. That's the best I, way. Organic growth is a true path. It, that's true. And it, I didn't, I, I mean, I hoped it would get this big, but, um, you know, you never know. It's still I, growing, Tim. It's still, you don't know how it's, it's going to be. It's still growing. <laughs> um, so, really, there's four things that we do here. Um, the SAM training, the hunter training program is the largest thing we do, be it safari or precision or variations of. Safari would be a guy that's going on a dangerous game hunt, like a brown bear hunter, an elephant or a buffalo or leopard lion, et cetera. Um, the precision is more mountain type hunting, sheep hunting, you know, elk hunting, antelope hunting. And then, um, and then there's variations of that. We have the new hunter program we started last year, which has been phenomenally successful. I applaud this. Yeah, and really that got started because of COVID. You know, there's only four good things came out of COVID. You know that, right? 1.1 million new hunters, 8 million new gun owners, soccer moms woke the hell up, and they created a thing called Zoom. So that's really the only four that I can think of. Yeah. Um, so anyways, we, we launched it off and I said, you know, if we had two classes in a year, it'd be phenomenal success. What are you up to? We had 11 last year. And right now we're scheduled for 2023. Um, I think we're up to seven. So it's amazing how many people like you you saw. I mean, you've witnessed I've part twice. of it today. Well, and you, but you witnessed part of it today. We, we, you know, we, from soup to nuts, if they'd never fired a gun, we start at that level. And we put them through a day and a half of rifle training, learn how to become good ethical shots. Don't make crazy, stupid distance shots and learn what your own limitations are. And then we start taking them through necropsy classes and learning what the animal's eating so they know where to hunt it. And then how to, you know, remove the intestines and then cape it out and debone it and how to cut the meat. We bring in a wild game chef and let him teach people how to, how to not only cook the meat, but what to cook with it. Because that's a vital part of that secret. And then people get to make their own sausage and all kinds of things. So, mm -hmm. anyways, um, I digress as I usually do. Well, you know, trophy, a lot of people are down on trophy hunting, right. but you know, you're living proof. Uh, a trophy hunter not only uses the uh, the skull and the horns, but we eat every bit of it. Yep. So I think that's better utilization of the animal. It is. It is better. And we'll talk about trophy hunting in a minute. I have a definite opinion about that. But, anyways, they they've weaponized one of our words basically. Right. Um, so anyways, yeah, the SAM program's the largest thing we do. The second largest thing we do is we do uh, about 10 to 12 weeks a year of tier one military sniper facilitation and training. Um, and it's multiple branches of the service. And I happen to know you have separate <laughs> ranges for these people. We do, yeah. yeah. Well, and we have 35 active ranges on the ranch and some of them are military only. For instance, we won't allow uh, civilians to shoot human silhouettes. That's just not good. I don't want to be that guy. I have no interest in that market whatsoever. So yeah, we keep it sort of kind of separate, although there is a lot of crossover. And, the, and you do this because this terrain matches some other places yes, on the planet. Right. And the winds are, um, you know, if you like the wind here, you just wait five minutes because it's going to be different. And that, in long range hunting, that's the big variable. You can yes. calculate the ballistic drop over right. distance. Right. But the wind is something you have winds to learn to read and compensate. Wind's an art form. There you go. And you have ranges out to how far now? The largest or the longest one that we use frequently is 2.54 miles. Is that all? So, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's just a short range. <laughs> that doesn't actually get used very much. So most of that is, is experimentation. 
Yeah. And the military is the biggest user of that, trying to figure out, you know, what is the limit? At what point do you call in a drone or an airstrike, you know? So... Uh, <laughs> I don't have that option. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they... Uh, no, we have a lot of fun with those guys. Now, this, this last year, this 2022 was an anomaly. You know, it shut down Afghanistan. We don't want to go into that conversation, but I expected the train, the military side of our business to kind of taper down. It didn't. It actually doubled. And it made sense now that I think about it, because their tier one guys are going to keep them trained and keep them busy for the next missions. So then the third largest thing we do is we do hunt on the ranch. Right. Um, and the fourth largest thing we do is the breeding program I was telling you about. That's actually where all the money goes from the first three. We dump it into that one. It's expensive. Yeah, because these animals are tens of thousands in some cases. Yep. Yeah. Well, the last bongo I saw sold for 120. I don't doubt it. Thousand dollars. It's amazing since freeze again in what 2021. What's happened to these animal prices? It's crazy. Mm -hmm. Well, I applaud you for raising them. You know, breeding them. That's yeah. That's how we'll, how we'll work on it. It's a great program. It really is, and it ties into the whole conservation cycle, mm -hmm. which is a good thing. What is your motto here? What's your mission statement? It's the hunter's job to kill the animal in the first shot. Yeah. And uh, look, it's a, it's a great goal to, to strive for. You, even myself, I don't always do it 100% of the time. But I you strive. To. I strive to. But, you know, bad wind call, bad environment, um, what we call hair in the scope. And we don't mean your hair, but when you put an animal hair in the scope, most people generally could fall to pieces. An, an abrupt, unexpected move. Yep. Anything could, can happen. Could be a lot of things. So we... We train people really to understand where their limitation is. And we're not big fans of this long distance crap you see on TV. In fact, I deplore it. Me too. The, the average hunter cannot call wind on a first shot circumstance at 700 yards. Can't do it. I can't. I can't. I'll shoot, I'll shoot to 1100, but I won't hunt past right. 250. Right. And that, that's one thing I really enjoyed in your class when I took it, Tim, is you taught us to figure out what range we're accurate at with all the different possible shooting positions. For example, I shoot best prone, so I can shoot the furthest out prone. Off sticks, a little bit less. Right. Freehand, even less. And I have not seen anyone else teach that, but everybody needs to be aware of their limitations. And, yep. uh, and I think that's, a, that's one of the best things you guys teach. Well, we push it hard. Um, we're real believers in it. You know, it's not okay to wound an animal. It's nope. just not. And uh, as conservationists, it's a, it's a terrible thing. It's okay, as we say, jokingly say, it's okay to wound a steel plate, but it's not okay to do it on an animal at all. Right. And so what we really do is strive to teach people where their 100% falls off. Okay, at what point are you not 100% sure you're going to make this killing shot in mm -hmm. one shot? And then don't shoot. Go get closer. Change something. Something's got to get fixed. Right. The, the challenge is actually getting close enough. It is. You know, the challenge it's called hunting. Oh, right. right. No, and and, and that, to me, that's the fun part in hunting in Africa is uh, if you have a good pH... Yep. And he knows what your limitations are. He will get you within, or the animal will run off and he'll, he'll try something else. That's right. Yeah, and that's been some of my, and probably yours too, your most valuable hunting experiences. Got close and he ran off and then you got to figure it out and get it. I mean, that's all part of the challenge. What's wrong with that? That's, Nothing wrong with that. It's that's wonderful. Absolutely. Yeah. Hmm. So, yeah, that's, that's kind of what we do here on the ranch. It's uh, normally we'll have uh, today normally you know say from about 2012 on out we'll have between 500 and 600 guests a year this year was 780. So and you have lodging right here we do foods here yep and that's one of the reasons the military likes it here so much because when the boys get here they don't have to go to town 
That's probably that generally a problem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's when the wheels fall off. Yeah. And going to town doesn't mean much out here. In, <laughs> yeah, in there's no. not much town, but yeah. Mm -hmm. So no, they they uh, it's private for them. You know, there's nobody else. We lock the gate when they get here, depending on the unit and how big it is. And um, basically, over the years, if they say, "Hey, we need a range that does this, 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 and this," boom, we fire up the bulldozer and go go build one. It. Yeah. See, like, remember the movie Field of Dreams? Yeah, build it, they'll build come. It, yeah. They will come. Yeah. Now got a gym. Got we have a gym. <laughs> um, and, of course, you know, all the lodge entertainment, the TVs and the pool table and cornhole boards and everything else to keep folks entertained at night. <laughs> so, but it's a long day. I mean, the, the typical SAM class is you're up at 6, we're having breakfast at 7, you're in the class at quarter to 8 or 8 o'clock on the first day. And then we'll do a couple hours of class, really getting everybody in the same sheet of music. And, um, and then from there, we'll show you a, everything's A-way here. And then we'll show them A-way to clean a gun. Works well for us here, but there's lots of ways to do it. And then we show them the principles of marksmanship. And generally, um, by the end of that first day, you've not only got a good zero, you, you're getting, we're driving home the principles of marksmanship with every drill that we do. And so we'll, you know, we'll go to another longer distance range and we'll shoot at 200 and maybe 300 and 400 and 500. And we're big believers, you know, some of this, some of the hunts around the world, like my son just got back from Kyrgyzstan. I've done the Kyrgyzstan hunt, you know, for the Hugh Margali and he did the Marco Polo. His, the average shot this year for our students for Marco Polo sheep hunts was 610 yards. Wow. And you just, you ain't getting closer. You're on a mountaintop and you're, you're hunting these sheep in this big, long valley and it could be miles to the next mountain range. And so it's not like you can climb down there and sneak up on them. That's not going to happen. So you start everybody off at known distances yep. on paper targets and yes. then, it, then it, gets, it progresses. It gets more and more fun. It does get more and more Walk fun. Walk us through it. Well, typically, you know, we'll go to another range after lunch that first day. And we'll reconfirm zeros. Again, driving home the principles. You know, because if you're shooting like a two-minute group, you're going to have real trouble hitting a, a nine-inch steel plate at 500 yards. Again, not promoting shooting animals at that, but if you're going to have to go on a sheep hunt or an elk hunt and your average shot's 350 or 400, you better be practicing at five and 600. Right, so the rest of them seem easy. Yep, chip shot, like any good golfer would do too. So it's, um, yeah, it's interesting. And then we, past 200, we got to start getting into steel plates, and we'll typically have a one-minute, a two-minute, and a three-minute plate at each yard line. They'll go from... 250 to 3 and 350 to 4 all the while hopefully that two minute group you were shooting is now down to about a half a minute group and because uh, now you're motivated now you're motivated and you begin to realize okay that wobble i've gotten the reticle isn't working for me you know we call it the arm principle acceptable reticle movement right so um and then what we're doing really is helping them understand when you get on an animal and you're wobbling the size of the kill done, don't fire. Don't pull the trigger. Don't pull the trigger. You've got to fix something. Say a prayer, get a new position, do whatever you got to do. Get closer, but, yeah. something. And we teach people how to build different houses using a backpack or, you know, a rock or a tree or whatever to get more stable and sticks, et cetera. And then the next step, the, the, the stalks. The stalks, then we start. It's so much fun. It is fun. Um, depending on the course, like if it's safari, then we'll, okay. we'll go into, you know, charging animals. First, we do what we call uh, snaps drills, which is what we're teaching there is how to walk with a, with a loaded weapon, loaded rifle, and be safe at all times. Um, you know, for instance, in 2012, four Americans shot professional hunters in Africa. Because the professional hunter always walks first. Always walks in front, and they, 
what people don't understand is is how to maneuver and always keep that muzzle in a safe that's safe a, that's distance. an appalling stat yep yep exactly so we teach them how to walk and turn and, and move over things and walk over rocks and logs and so forth and be safe at the same time hmm. um, then we do then we get into the chargers and the movers and all that sorts of stuff the life size elephants and buffaloes and you know, the dangerous game with the cats and the... Oh, yeah. Well, we're we're, we're going to record some of that. That'll be in the bonus footage at least. Perfect. Perfect. All right. So how do, uh, how do people find you? Well, there's a couple ways. You know, obviously you can call us. Um, and the website's probably the most common way today. And then we do a lot of the trade shows, as you know. We Come on, tell us the website, Tim. Okay. <laughs> it's it's ftwsam.com, basically. S-A-A-M. Yes, S-A-A-M. What does that Trot stand Tango for? Whiskey, Sierra, Alpha, Alpha, Mike. So ftwsaam.com. Sportsman's all-weather, all-terrain, all marksmanship. Okay. Yep. And then um, that's, a, that's a great way to do it. And then we also do the shows, you know, between Dallas Safari Club and Houston and Wild Sheep Foundation and Safari Club International and so forth. And uh, last time I looked, you're booked out for a while. We have some openings. Okay. Um, we're, yeah, we're very blessed in that respect. We have some openings in uh, January, February, March. You know, we typically, the schedule's blank. Dan calls up and says, hey, I want to do a precision course and I need, I want to do the class first two weeks of June. Boom, we schedule the class and then we backfill. Oh, I see. Yeah. <clears throat> so typically we'll have six students in a class with two instructors and then we'll run a maximum of two of those classes at any one time. So you'll have 12 students in the lodge on the facility with two instructor teams. So it's pretty intense. I mean, it's three to one, which is a lot of schools don't do that. And I think they should, you I know, agree. for muzzle discipline and, 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 you know, you don't, you don't want to have to talk to the person too much, but you, you want to be able to talk enough and help them with any concerns or questions they have. Mm -hmm. And it's a life changer. Most people get here and they think they're a pretty good shot and they all of a sudden realize, man, I don't even know what I'm doing here. Well, no matter how good you are, if you come here, you could push them beyond that, you know, oh, with, a, with a two and a half mile range. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and what happens is you take it, we have a, what's called a SAM advanced course, okay. but you have to have graduated a precision or a safari course first oh. to come to that class. Then we get out the Kestrels and you get into the real ballistics and your longer distance, and I, I call it going full retard in the ballistic world. So, okay, I want to shoot dependably at a thousand yards or 12, 1500 yards, whatever. Now you, it gets a little more technical. You got Coriolis effect in place. You've got, you know, spin drift. You've got all kinds of technical stuff. And so some people love the long distance shooting. And that's great, but they know better to try it on an animal. Yeah, that's no, I certainly answer. don't, but it, it's, it's too much fun. I, I got to, and, and you've hosted a couple of groups for me over here. We had the wounded warriors show up yep. in my place. Yep. Brought them over here. Yep. That must not have been the first time for you. No. So you, you really made the guys feel great. We you had them shooting out to a thousand yards, and yeah. these are the guys that have been uh, wounded in various conflicts we've had. Yep. So you do a lot of good things, Tim. Well, we try to. Paying it forward is a good thing. Indeed. We just finished uh, like the state of Texas has a youth hunting program, which is an unbelievable. Oh, I love that program. Great program. Mm -hmm. We do that every year, and that's fun where these kids have never fired a rifle before and we teach them how to shoot for a day and then, then they get to hunt for a day. And yeah, it's a great program. Too much fun. Sounds like you enjoy it too. Though. I do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I wonder who's having more fun, me or the students. Oh yeah, but, I, I followed the safe trap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My favorite story though, I was gonna tell you is that the, uh, the husband and wife that comes, the women are smart. Mm -hmm. And a lot of women are getting into hunting, which is nothing but a great thing, right? 
They're actually, I think they're saving, helping to save our industry. But um, women are smart. They, they want to get into hunting. They've been following their husband around doing it for years. And so, but women are going to ask for help. They're going to go, you know, I need, I want to go get trained. So she'll book this course. No, honey, you're coming with me. So the husband's like, Ugh, I don't know. I already this. know everything. I already know all this. We call it the John Wayne complex. So hmm. the problem is he does know a lot, but a lot of it's not right either. So by day two, it almost never fails. She is smoking him. What do they call it? Training scars? Now he's pissed. <laughs> <laughs> so now he starts trying to you know, criticize her, and we're like, eh, 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 stop, stop, stop. We've had to separate a couple husbands and wives, put mm -hmm. him on one range and her on the other, just to keep, him, keep everybody happy, if you will. We're going to continue this in a bit uh, with your other role. <laughs> uh, but uh, what, el what else about this place would you want to share with the audience? Well, you know, most importantly, we keep it fun. Indeed. Uh, keep the egos out of it. You know, this isn't about us being heroes. We're not. We're just regular people who happen to have a lot of gun and hunting and shooting experience. And, you know, we want people to understand you don't know what you don't know. And so, you know, I mentioned Minute of Angle earlier. I guarantee you 80% of the hunters out there don't have, they're like, what? What's that? Well, it's just a measurement tool is all it is. But until you know it, you don't know it. Um, you know, so it's, it's a fun environment. It's a, it's a fun free learning environment where we, we, as I say, we keep it fun. We keep it relaxing, no pressure. This isn't a contest and there's no heroes. And you keep it safe. And we keep it safe. Yeah. Great for families. Oh, what yeah. I love is seeing kids come through here because it's really a life changer. All of a sudden they've been taught how to shoot a gun well, how to handle it well, how to handle it safely. And it's a new respect they have for themselves and it's wonderful. I'm a big advocate. So whether you're, going, you're heading out on a safari, just want to get better or just want to have a good, uh, a good weekend, I recommend this place. Yep. Well, Tim, thank you very much. We're going to get you on in your, you got to get your other hat on in a bit. <laughs> but uh, but uh, this is a Tim Fallon, FTW, SAM instructor. Uh, thanks for coming on today. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it.